Greetings, Wargamers. We're your hosts, Trevor, Jay, Josh, and this is Shannon Attack. Attack. is sponsored by Discount Games Incorporated. Discount Games Incorporated specializes in customer service, low prices, and prompt shipping. You can find our web store at www.discountgamesinc.com. Chain Attack. I'm your host, Trevor, and uh, I'm surprised that we didn't do this topic earlier. <laughs> Look, I'm, we've been having a lot of fun. I'm Jay, and uh, I wasn't sure I could take the haterade that, that Trevor's about to... Oh, this game's awful, yeah. ...dump out all over <laughs> everywhere. Wait, it must be a card game. Are we talking about a card game again? No, it's a co-op game. I hate co-op games, too. <laughs> so... So the ultimate death knell for Trevor would be co-op card game. Oh gosh, that's awful. <laughs> <laughs> hey, which reminds me, slightly unrelated, Jay, did you play Spirit Island yet? No, not yet. Okay, that is not the co-op game that we're talking about. But I am looking forward to it. I'm curious. Have Have you played that, Trevor? Uh, no, it's on my list of games I'd really like to play, though. E- even when it was announced, I almost seems like it was a Kickstarter. I almost backed it or something. I don't remember, but it's definitely been high on my priority list for quite a while yeah it has been only a kickstarter game so uh, what do you mean by that meaning like that's that was their uh, methodology of release or whatever oh initially uh, yeah and even like they've been doing i think there i think there's an expansion for it on kickstarter right now oh okay well anyway not the game not, we're talking about i know not so. the game we're talking about we're, we're going to talk about first we're going to talk about pandemic and then we're going to talk about pandemic legacy and, and part of the reason why we're going to talk about these is that the creator, I contacted the creator of Pandemic Legacy um, about potentially coming on as a guest on Chain Attack. And uh, this was a little while ago. He said, well, we're about to announce season three. And, you know, maybe once that's done, it would make sense for me to come on then. Well, now season three has been announced and, uh, the the big surprise is that it is actually season zero. Trixie hobbits, they tricked us. Um, they've and actually that that I think that's actually kind of a genius marketing move by them. Um, because like there's there's a lot of people who are like, well, I haven't played the first one or the first two or whatever, right? And so right, it, right. It, it's just cutting down like the number of people who are potentially going to buy this game, but by saying this is season zero, it like just completely opens it up. So, a uh, super smart move on their end, in my opinion. But first, we're going to talk briefly, or, or maybe not too briefly, I guess, um, about Pandemic itself. Um, it, it's now 10 years old. That's insane. Yeah. Um, one of the things I noticed, um, I can't remember if it was yesterday or the day before, Z-Man Games announced, or maybe it was Board Game Geek that announced that... Um, Pandemic has now overtaken uh, Settlers of Catan as the game on Board Game Geek uh, that has the most uh, 
uh, owners, basically. Uh, most owned copies of it. Most owned copies, yes. It oh, is. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it now, was only by like one or two, if I remember right, when I saw that. Yeah, yeah it seems like it was Board Game Geek that tweeted it out, but it might have been Z-Man Games and then Board Game uh, retweeted it. But it was basically that they have they have now overcome Settlers of Catan. But I'm certain that there's more <sighs> copies of Settlers out there. There's just not more. Yeah, they're just uh, not board, registered. Yeah, not Still, more, that blows not my mind. I mean, there are so many copies of Catan in existence. That it, sure. I didn't even think that Pandemic would necessarily even be in the running on that so yeah but you got to keep in mind that there's people like me who own settlers of Catan who wouldn't admit it on board king (laughs) 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 so let's let's talk a little bit about um if for people who don't know anything about pandemic here is a, a quick explanation of um of this game so one wear a mask yeah, also, right. different <laughs> pandemic. Right. Uh, in in this board game, it's a cooperative board game, and I don't know if it was the first ever cooperative game, but it feels like it was the first like one to kind of blow up and be kind of a, a main first big hit. Yeah. yeah, the first one that was a hit that really connected. I agree. And and you know there were some. He he did a follow up one uh, that was called Treasure Island, I believe. I might have the name of that wrong. No, you're talking about Forbidden Island? Forbidden Island, yeah. Yeah. Where basically the island's sinking and you have to go and get three three treasures off and get off the island. Um, which was, it's it uses a lot of the mechanics of Pandemic, except it's a little bit simpler. Um, can play a little bit younger ages. Um, but Pandemic itself, uh, each player is given a roll card where you have a special ability that, that you have that can be quite impactful in the game. Um, and there are, basically at the start of your turn, you're going to draw two location cards that will have location and a color. Uh, the theme of the game is that there are three pandemics that have broken out um, across, across the, world. the world. And while these pandemics are you know, spreading across the world, you're trying to find the cure. You're... A, you're you're trying to stop the world from succumbing to all the pandemics, but your ultimate goal is to discover three cures for um, for these plagues that have that have hit the world. Um, and so the you during your turn you have a set number of actions you can take uh, to move or to remove disease cubes and to find a cure. Uh, I, I said that at the start of your turn you draw two cards. Um, well, they'll have a color and that will match with um, the types of pandemics there are. So each pandemic also has a color and you have to get five cards of that color in your hand and go to a research station and spend an action to develop a cure. And if, when you do that for each of the, the three diseases, uh, you win the game. Uh, one of the things that's nice about the game is that it has a, there are outbreak cards that are, that are in the deck that when you draw it, um, there's an outbreak of the, of the disease somewhere. And you can scale the difficulty of the game based on how many outbreak cards you put into one of the decks. Um, and one of the things I like about it is that it, it actually does a pretty good job of 
scaling the difficulty of the game based on how many outbreak cards you're, you're putting into the deck. So what what would you say I've, I've missed in the description uh, so far? Uh, did we talk about the different, um, what do you call them, roles or player powers that you'll have? Uh, I just said that each one has a unique one and that they can okay. be important. They're, it can be stuff like normally removing a disease cube off of a, a space. It's one action to remove one cube. One of them can remove all the disease cubes of a type by spending one action. Um, yeah, another, it feels uh, like every roll kind of breaks one of the fundamental rules. Just yeah, kind of. In a tiny way, right? Like you... The, the cards, you have a hand cap and, and it's, it's fairly difficult to pass cards, um, amongst each other. And so, like another one makes it a little bit easier to, uh, pass cards. Another one, you need one fewer disease card to, to do the cure, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so, uh, Trevor, I, I think we're ready. Go ahead and <laughs> spew forth the haterade <laughs> upon everything. Uh, this game sucks. I, I don't, to me, it just, it completely boggles my mind that people, that it is as popular as it is. I, I don't really understand it. I, it's not really fun. Um, it, it encourages the worst behavior in gamers. Um, Are you about to talk about the quarterbacking or alpha gamer behavior? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've played this game numerous times. And where, um, you know, four or five people sat at the table and one person played and the rest of us watched. And, um, you know, that's, that is commonly, unless you have a table full of alpha gamers, um, and then generally it's a fight of who's the biggest alpha gamer. It just, this is a similar problem I have with most, like, or, um, not, not legacy, um, cooperative oh. games. Yeah. And, and I, I wouldn't say that this is, I wouldn't even come close to saying this is the only one that suffers from this. I would just say that this suffers almost. This, this is a genre issue for you. It is a genre issue for me, but it feels like this is one of, one of the worst in the genre for this problem. Well, I, I won't argue with that. And part of the reason is that pandemic at its heart is simple enough that it's, you know, it's the most, one of the most easily susceptible to that behavior. It feels like there's a there's quite a bit of the game that um, I don't want to say is solved, but it feels like that it, that um, with just a few games under your belt, you you can look into the matrix a lot easier than a new player. So it, it's basically who can look into the matrix the best, and then they basically you know push their way in and say this is what needs to happen, and if it doesn't happen, we're going to lose. And generally, they're right. I mean, that's maybe the problem and i don't know how you overcome that so i want to tell you the way i deal with it myself so that i don't alpha game is i always give two to three choices to the other player like especially when you're teaching the game i say you could do this this or this and then i basically like i basically knock myself unconscious so i don't answer the inevitable question about which is the best choice I understand, like, but you're got to let them make the choice and then suffer the consequences. I understand, but you're the you're the you're willing to accept that the game is going to be lost. In well, fact, I, you probably I live, yes. yeah, you live for that. The average gamer doesn't want to, live, and so they may not be willing to let people make their own choices, knowing that it's going to result in a loss. Yeah, ten years as a construction estimator conditioned me. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, at the core, I, the game just doesn't feel all that fun to me. I don't enjoy it. It feels like it's a solo player game. Um, if you're you're either the alpha gamer, where you, I'm I am the alpha gamer generally when it comes to these sort of games, and I realize it, and I'm I'm like, okay, well, you know, and you hate yourself I, the entire time. Right? I I do hate myself <laughs> yeah, the entire yeah, time. I'm like, I am playing this game solo while you guys watch and let's play this game, and I could have done this on my own, and I probably would have had a lot more fun. But the fact, and it's it's really bad if you play it with like you know a couple of like a you know some couples. And there's the one person in the group who's really not invested. You know, they're just doing it because their significant other wants to be part of it. Yeah. And and they don't engage. I mean, the whole point of playing a board game is so that everyone engages. Everybody has something invested. And this and and the it's funny thing is, is those are the type of people who are most interested in the cooperative game, but they walk away from it with the least value. I don't know. There's so much that I disagree with what <laughs> you think about this game. <laughs> and, and one of them is that is, is actually kind of relates to what you, you just said. Um, and I guess an, an analogy to this is like, I, there's some people who are role players who, you know, they go to a role playing game and they, they very rarely engage and, but they're having the time of their life, <laughs> you know, uh, playing in this game with their friends. And, and I think that's fine. Um, obviously there, there are times where, um, someone could be involved in this game and, and like not just like they're humoring their significant other or whatever. They, they don't care about it at all. But, but I do think that there are a lot of times where, um, they may not be, making a lot of the decisions, but they are still having a very enjoyable social time. Like, they find the story compelling, and, oh, yeah, and, like, the social elements and stuff. Yeah, or... Okay, like, but, I'm sorry, this isn't a role-playing game. They're not playing a character. They're sitting at a table playing a board game. I mean, they could literally read a book, they are, still have that same social interaction... And no, that's not, that's not totally make, false. The, they're not making any actions. They're not doing anything to engage in. They the are game. being involved socially <laughs> with their friends. They are not doing that when they are sitting alone in their room reading a book. I didn't say sitting alone. I said at the table. They can read a book at the table and be just as involved as they are in the board game when they don't make any decisions. I mean, if they were playing, um, you know. Arabian Nights or Near and Far, I would agree with you that reading the book at the table would be just as involved. So, this is also I'll, I'll also I, I um, I'll also say that I have kind of a, a biased view on this as well because my my sweet husband we 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 can't play competitive games versus each other because he's a very competitive person. And and you're a stone cold killer. Let's just put it out there. <laughs> and he you are a heartless monster who will would would burn down an orphanage if it meant that you would win. And there was a funny story. Like one time, it's <laughs> like we were we were playing some magic, and like I don't I don't like magic that much. But Brian was like, I'm really liking magic. Let's play magic versus each other. 
And so we played magic versus each other. And Were you he's young like, and foolish at the time? So. Oh, I was sure. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a while. <laughs> and and eventually, and he'd be like, "You're just thrashing me in this. Like, you should throw a game sometime or something." <laughs> and so one the time, the Bushido code does not allow that for Jay. No, no, no. Like one time, I I I threw a game for him, and he was like. This is no fun because it's obviously that you're losing on purpose. <laughs> so, anyways, long story short, uh, we basically only play cooperative games with each other, and this is this is one of Brian's favorite board games. And and actually, uh, he we there's there's a a pretty cool Z-Man put out a, a tenth edition uh, version of this game. That is, it's it's in like a metal first aid kit. Okay. Um, and so Brian was, Brian he he created a listing for it. And he's like, okay, well, you know, you have to get that game for us because you know, Pandemic's my favorite game. And so, um, man, I could have I could have lived in the same timeline as you, Jay, but I like overplayed my hand because when this thing first came out, I got it and and like. You know, Laramie was still young and callow enough that she would be like, yeah, I'll do that thing you want to do. And so I was like, <laughs> play this game with me, right? And we played our first game and we lost because, you know, uh, wh- whatever you call them, the explosions. What do you call those? Yeah, outbreaks. The outbreaks happened and, and we lost control. And anyway, and uh, she was like, well, let's play again, right? So she like liked it, was engaged, right? But then I didn't know when to say stop because she kept saying, let's play again until we had lost like seven consecutive times. (laughs) And then her spirit was just totally broken. And you didn't you didn't uh, downshift and like um, either lower the difficulty level or. No, because of my own pathology. Right. Yeah. 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 Yes. Losing is the greatest thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and by the time. Brian and I, you know, started playing it together. I was pretty good at the game, and oh, nice! And so, you know, we didn't lose very often. It, it, Brian, it would probably bug Brian if if we'd lost a lot as well. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I will also say, as a um, as a game store owner, there's just a lot of people for whom cooperative games appeal to them, and so I, I can appreciate that. And, but I just think there's far better cooperative games that allow them to engage in the game in a meaningful way and don't let them... I mean, if they want to watch me come play a solo game, I have some great solo games that they can come over and we can have <laughs> a, a conversation while I play the game in front of them because that's what happens in like in, and uh, Give us like, one, are, just for example, Trevor. Sure. What, what's one Absolutely. that you consider better? Um, one of my favorites is uh, Escape the Temple Curse. Mm, um, interesting. So it's a, it has a 10-minute timer, so the game lasts 10 minutes regardless whether you win or lose. Um, everybody is actively engaged in the game. They have to roll their own set of dice, and they have to you have to communicate across the table, but there's not enough time for an alpha gamer to say, you know, you must do this or we lose. He might, you know, people can send out suggestions, but at the end of the day, everybody's actively engaged with their character by rolling dice. And they make their choices, and you can't stop and sit there and you know, converse. I mean, you can talk after the game, but everybody's actively involved. Nobody can sit off to the sides. That is 
truthfully, I think that Escape from the Temple Curse does one of the best jobs of doing um, uh, co-op gameplay of any game I can think of. It's interesting that that's a solution to the Alpha Gamer problem. That there's a, there's a few games that have done that. Yeah, the, using time. use the real time element. You yeah, know. Space Alert's another one that did that. Um, uh, I, there was I, a zombie version one. of Escape the Temple Curse that wasn't as good, but it uh, did the same yeah. thing, right? The problem with the zombie one is it just it, it overcomplicated the game. I mean, truthfully, right. Escape from the Temple Curse was very simple. It was easy to explain. It was easy to understand, and it was fun. It was a blast. And everybody got to play. And if you lose, you lose as a group or you win as a group. And there's no feelings of, oh, you made a wrong decision. That one person screwed up or whatever. Right, Right. because things are happening so quick that you, I mean, truthfully, if you can tell me who screwed up during the whole process, you know, you're a better man than me. Um, Another one that I really love, uh, Hanabi. Hanabi is a, a game where you're creating a fireworks display. And you do it by holding up cards in your hand, but you hold the face of the card towards everybody else in the group. And on your turn, you can either um, uh, basically discard a card um, to gain additional time, or you can play a card using time. Um, And basically what you're trying to do is build a set. So from one to five, escalating in each suit, there are uh, five or six suits. There's white, blue, red, green, yellow and then a a multicolored suit Um, that's not wild. It's its own suit that you can add in to make it more difficult. And on your turn, you basically, um, you can give a clue to somebody else by um, looking at their hand, and basically you can point to cards and say you have uh, three threes, for example, and you would tap the three cards and say those are threes. And the person has to remember what's in their hand. So there is, there's no alpha gamer because you can't, you don't have all of the information. And you have limited things you can say. You cannot say anything out loud other than give a a color or a number and then the number of those in somebody's hand. And then on their turn, they can they, they, they make their own action. They do their own thing. So that's another one that I think is fantastic. I think Hanabi is just, it is a great game. and It's a lot of fun. Jay, do you feel like Trevor has defended his uh, uh, position on cooperative games enough with those couple suggestions? I mean... We, we just have different views of what... I, I have more. The is or isn't a problem. I mean, to, to me, and, like, it's just differences of opinion or views on the game. So, um, uh, to me, Pandemic is kind of a, a problem-solving game that you collaboratively do together, and, and that is fun to me. Um, it's it's not something that is fun to Trevor, and, and that's that's not bad. It's, it's just differences of what people like but i don't i also don't think that so if let's say you're playing a a four-person game of of pandemic and um yeah like obviously there are social graces involved in any cooperative game um but i think it's very i don't think it's difficult to have an enjoyable cooperative game with each other if even if it's like four people playing together and you're collaborating together and maybe someone, you know, is contributing 40% of the problem and one's doing 10 and one's doing, you know, 20 and one's doing 30, whatever. Um, as long as everyone is enjoying the process together. But yeah, right. Mm-hmm. I guess my issue is it rarely feels like everybody's engaged and enjoying the process. It's usually one person is contributing 90% another's contributing 10 and the other two are not contributing 
At, at best, you might have two fifties. <laughs> I mean, it would it would appear that uh, given how many copies of the game that people buy, that it that people if if Trevor's theory, grand theory of a pandemic is correct, then there's a lot of people who enjoy Don't know any better. Yes, enjoy being right. participants <laughs> of of this game. <laughs> I think that's probably true. That some people just enjoy the ride. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have some great uh, recommendations for them. <laughs> are, are we wanting to uh, grade this game, or do we want to start talking about Pandemic Legacy? Uh, well, you know, grand uh, podcaster that I am, I've completely lost track of time, so I, you tell me what we have time for. Well, we can. We have time for one or the other. <laughs> We have to, you're saying we have time to either grade or to talk about legacy. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I would like to grade it, but if we don't have time, I'd rather grade legacy or talk about legacy. Well, I mean, we could also grade it and then have the bonus episode be talking about legacy and grading it. That's my vote. There you go, folks. <laughs> it's like you just lived through a choose your own adventure game. <laughs> okay. Well, before we get into grading, uh, are there any more thoughts on on this game? I want to know if Trevor has played Black Orchestra. I've never even heard of it. It is a co-op that I have heard compared to Pandemic in some ways. Uh, but the story is that you are all co-conspirators in World War II era out to kill Hitler. <laughs> okay. It's interesting to me because um, in the scenario that Jay talked about, everyone's trying to solve a, a problem. Um, it feels like what you just talked about, um, and the game that came, immediately came to mind when he said that is Time Stories. Those games do that better than this. So, anyway. I am quite... Right before the pandemic struck... The, the real-life pandemic. The real-life The real-life one. <laughs> yes. I had... Um, there, there's basically like a, a new edition of Time Stories, and the mechanic in it has changed a fair bit, and... There's also, you can do basically like a campaign with the the future stuff that comes out as well. And I had something set up to play it. Someone got, had had something come up and so we had to reschedule and then the pandemic hit. And so I'm excited to get that replayed. That, that sounds amazing to me. That would be top on my list of games to play. In the yeah, it, I, I was pretty excited about, about that game. Um. One thing I want to discuss real quick, I haven't really played, there's, there's various expansions for this game, uh, with the base game of Pandemic, I haven't really played them. There's also some reskins that I haven't played either, but I think... Oh, have you played the great. Cthulhu reskin? That's one of the ones I wanted to mention. Oh, I thought, it's really good. It's really good. Um, I thought I would, it was going to fit really well. I actually think that um, if if you really want to still play this game, um, you know, that's a better choice. I, I think that the Cthulhu version of this game is superior. It does. It feels like the theme fits very, very well. For oh, it does. It's yeah. really good. It's well and done. Feeling like you lose control, it feels more accurate in that one too. The other one that I've been quite interested in as well is that they have a pandemic fall of Rome, and I would be. It's quite funny because in that one the one well. on BGG that's ranked right below pandemic is is a uh, pandemic iberia uh-huh yeah which i i have never gotten to interact with but it, it certainly looks interesting 
It is, yeah, honestly, yeah, I think you would really enjoy Fall of Cthulhu, or Reign of Cthulhu. Yeah, it's it's one that um, I'm definitely interested in. All right, um, speed grade time, huh? No, we don't have speed grade. We, okay, we have, good. All right. cool, cool, cool. Yeah, it was it was basically we just didn't have enough time to um, do it all. Do grading plus tackle. <laughs> so <laughs> let's talk about design for a moment then. Um, as I think it's important that the Cthulhu version of this game was brought up because one of the issues I have with this game is <clears throat> that certain characters don't feel like they're contributing as much as other characters. And it does feel like in the Cthulhu version of this game that that is not necessarily the case. It does feel like in the Cthulhu version of the game that every character has a meaningful contribution to the game. And I'm not talking about players. I'm talking about the actual like figures on the, the board. powers. Right. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and so that is one of my many complaints about this game is that the certain characters feel like they have they're not ba- well balanced. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think of that? Um, I you're gonna have to tell me which character you're thinking of because I can't think of one off the top of my head that you can't get use out of. I mean, I feel like the way your team behaves, you know, is is actually fairly inf- influenced by the composition of your team. Um, gosh, I'm embarrassed to say I can't remember. Are there six characters? I mean, you you know, it plays four, right? And uh, so, like, well, yeah, what role are you thinking of? Very different roles as well. Oh. Um, and I don't. I I tend to be of the opinion that um, you, you just need to. You can play with any of the characters. You just have to be adaptive of what strategies you're willing to use. Um, I, I do think that there are some characters with whom you're going to have an easier path to victory if you have those characters in your group. But I don't really care that that's the case it's just just like the game has a different difficulty based on how many outbreaks you you have my issue is not it's that those particular characters when they end up in one particular person's um uh, possession uh it feels like they have a bigger impact on the game or that they have more important things to accomplish and that sometimes the other players are just basically um, caddies to that player. <laughs> well, let me there carry are, your clubs around, sir, while you bash out this this uh, pandemic. There are some, I mean, <laughs> like this whole team play and and uh, team roles seems to, to not be working for Trevor. But there, like there definitely is like some characters who are basically like support characters, and they're like if you are pursuing an act uh, an optimal strategy for the game, like their best use of their actions is helping make other people shine. And like, I, I can understand, I guess if that, um, I, I can appreciate that. That's why I say that the, the Cthulhu version of the game does it better because true, those yeah, yeah. The, in that version of the game, the characters also help other people shine, but it never feels like your character is not involved right. in what's going on on the board. Um, it always feels like that, while you may be a supporting character to other people, you also have to accomplish things or the game will fall apart. Anyway, I just, I feel like the Cthulhu version of this game does that a little bit better. Okay. So let's, let's start the divergent creating process. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm a little interested to see if I'm going to be able to, who, 
whether Trevor or I is going to be able to uh, pull the swing vote our way. Wait, am I the swing vote? Yes. <laughs> I've never had this much power voting before. I love it. Um, I will say that the um, the mechanics of how the virus spreads and how it comes out um, as far as a cooperative against the game mechanic is quite brilliant. Um, you know what areas have a higher likelihood of coming out, and if you pay attention to the deck, um, you have a good idea of where it could potentially break out. And um, one of the aspects of how to beat the game is to have a good idea of where the breakouts might be and to control those areas the best you can. Now, does that happen every time? No, sometimes you have some unexpected things can happen um, with the way the well, deck and, plays and out, with, but, but that's fine. With the way that an outbreak happens, there's like it happens in an unexpected location, and it can, if you get unlucky, it can then almost immediately you can have, have to an, an explosion. Time. Yeah, but generally, if you if you know what what territories have been pulled through the deck and which ones have been shuffled into the top of the deck, you have a kind of a generally good idea yes. where it is. I mean, that's how you beat the game is by and you can you can also paying attention to those things. If especially if you're like doing well in maintaining things, we haven't mentioned this, but you you can get like special action cards that can do things like remove just a bunch of different things can like that can kind of try to save your bacon. And so if you time those so that you take advantage of them when it looks like you're potentially on the precipice of something bad happening, that's another you know important part of the strategy. Um, so design. I'm ready for you to surprise me, Trevor, because I, even though um, I, I, I realize it's not really like a genre that you like necessarily, and that I, I think that um, I, I still think that it's a well-designed game, and I'm, I'm curious if you agree with that or not. My, uh, as I mentioned earlier, my only complaint about the design is the 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 the, the character classes. I mm. feel like with a little bit of refinement to maybe bring down a few and bring up a few. And, and I've seen it in other games. And I actually think I, that that does happen in uh, some of the later editions of, of the course game. That's quite possible. I haven't played those. I've only played the original. Right. But yeah. beyond that, if you put that aside for just a second, the game is brilliantly designed. The The board is laid out well. It's well graphically designed. The cards are beautiful. The, the game is well done. It is a masterpiece of game design. As far it as... also it, it feels like this came out ten years ago. There was twelve actually. Okay, uh, it, it feels like there was nothing else like it at the, the time. The closest thing was the Lord of the Rings um, co-op game, and it, and and that's still a far cry for the record. Okay, but it yeah, feels any, like anything co-op before this that I know of. I looked through the. I looked through hundreds of games while we were talking. The only thing that I know that released before this that was co-op all had some sort of competitive element in it. The, mm. the one that comes to mind is um, uh, the ca what's the name of the castle one? Shadows over Camelot. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah it came it out a before traitor, this. A but it had, there was always a traitor mechanic of some sort. Somebody at the table was going to be betray everyone at some right. point. And this was really the first one that I ever saw or played that, that, that I... And there's ones that predate it, but this was kind of the big one on the scene. It's like, hey, we can have a game where no one's ever going to betray you, 
and it can be difficult. And shortly thereafter, there was others. You know, ghost stories came out around about the same time. Right, so, yeah. And one of the things that's interesting to me about it is that a lot of times it feels like when when there's kind of like the first entry into a genre, there's there's soon thereafter several iterations that that just really improve a lot on the mechanics. Um, and and I I do think that there have been improvements made in the co-op genre, but I think that it's really noteworthy how good the game design is on this for it being one of the first entries in this genre. Um, since you clearly want me to give out a number first, I will, I will give it an eight. I think that, that it, um, the design, as far as a Euro game goes, um, as far as a, uh, just the mechanics of how everything works, it is very well done. I feel that my chance to be a swing voter was grossly overrepresented here. It, it's, it's going to, uh, there's going to be other categories. It's going to shift. But All this right. Is, this is not one of them. I'm not going to deny that 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 uh, Matt Leacock, who designed this game, um, did a great job. I mean, he put together really something innovative and new, and it has stood the test of time. How many other games are we talking about that are 12 years old in 2020? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's well done. And 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 the only reason I'm giving it an eight is, like I said, there's some there's I'm not quite keen on the hero powers. And I think that there are improvements to be made, and there are other co-op games I think are better, um, but it, certainly it's well done. Um, Jay, I don't. What's your number? I, 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 I'm going to go with a nine. Um, I, I do think that it is a singular accomplishment in game design. Um, I don't. I don't think that. Um, I, I think it has had enough refinement that it's it's not like the pinnacle at a ten. Um, but like just kind of the impact that it's had the. I, there's, there's just, I, I, I appreciate it's, there's almost like a feeling of elegance in, with the game mechanics when you're playing it that, uh, that you're just like, this is just a, this is just really well done. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Jay on this one, uh, and give it the nine. And, and for me, it's that there's just this incredible economy to the design. You know, it's like, here's a deck of cards, a few pawns. The game is gonna tell you this fantastic story with, these mechanics that just work, you know, incredibly well and not a lot of extra complication added on. Oh, and by the way, it's going to beat your head down. So that's <laughs> you had Josh, it beat your head down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, time management. What does it say on the box? This is, Oh, it's for We're on board. Um, does it say 90? It says 45 minutes. 45. Wow. Okay. <laughs> really? That feels like a long game to me. Like I feel like you can play this in a half hour easy. You can lose in twenty minutes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's true. That's fair. That is definitely true. Uh yeah, this is three hours of fun packed into or this is three hours of pain packed into I don't know. It, it's awful. I can't stand <laughs> it. It feels You're say, it feels, so it overstays its welcome for you, like always? Oh hell yes. Yeah, oh, that that forty five minutes is way too big of an ask back. of Trevor. <laughs> No, it's not. It's there's not. There is five minutes of fun in the forty-five minutes. It feels like it drags on forever. Uh, okay, let's hear your number then, Trevor. Well, why do I have to always go first? It's fine. Oh, fine so my counterpoint is that um, I mean, I honestly, I'm not sure what my average playtime is on this um, versus the, the the stated box time. I, I would I would assume probably 
close to, to what it actually says. Um, but like 45 minutes for, for this type of Euro game experience is quite good. It's, it has a lot of, uh, in-depth tactical stuff going on. Um, in, in that amount of time, you have a pretty satisfying experience. Um, I'll, I'll probably go ahead and I'm debating between an eight or nine. Oh uh, I'll probably, I'll probably go with an eight. It is, I think it's, it's quite remarkable for you to get this level of experience in this short amount of time. All right, Trevor, I need to hear your number so I can see if I'm really getting to be a swing voter this time. You're not going to be a swing voter. You're just going to vote with Jay. <laughs> I, here's the problem. It's brilliant, but it's not fun. And I just, we'll get to the fun thing in a minute, but it, it has never felt like, it has never felt like, let's play it again for me. It has never felt like, any hand me a 45 minute game that I enjoy and I almost always want to play it again. The problem is, is that I don't feel like there's 45 minutes of fun in this 45 minute game. It you don't feel like, like it's a good hear, use of he, your time. He's basically double grading fun factor is what it boils down to. <laughs> no, I'm telling you that in 45 minutes, I feel like I should have done something else. Like it overstays its welcome. Like I, I would probably enjoy this game a little bit better if it were a card game where <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't understand what's going on here. <laughs> well, or another type of game where there was secret information where I didn't know what everyone else had, and we were working together, but that the entire game lasted 20 minutes. That's kind of what I'm expecting this whole game to feel like, is let's play this thing where it's going to feel sort of like Race to the Galaxy, but we're fighting a, an epidemic of some sort. And it just, I don't know, the the... the there's, it just feels like it goes on longer than it should. So, okay, anyway. so what is, what is your number for fun factor grade number one? <laughs> no, Time I'm not talking about fun factor. I'm talking about what it feels like to play at the game. Okay. And I feel like the game should be 20 minutes and not 45 minutes. And I've played in several games with newer players where it's been more like an hour and a half. And those especially go to. But I'm, I'm gonna give it, um, four. Alright, here we go. Buckle up, gentlemen. Because the seven games that my wife and I played when we originally got this game all happened within the space of two days. So this, I have never had this game go 45 minutes that I can remember. I feel like you can pack so many of this game into such a short amount of time that it's remarkable. Again, because the design's so high. So, so guess what? You think I'm voting with Jay? You're wrong. I'm going higher. This is a yes. ten. This is a ten for yes. ten. Yes. <laughs> now okay. on to repeatability. repeatability. So appar- apparently, with Josh, all you have to do is have a short game, and therefore it's time management. <laughs> I mean, that's true. The older I get, that's more true. The older I get, I'm sad to admit. <laughs> that's not what time management's supposed to be, Josh. If you can play one game in eight hours, but it's a great time, it's worth it. Okay, so next we have repeatability. Yes. Um, so I'm not sure how to grade this because on the one hand, I've played a lot of this game and it also, it was one of the games when it first came out that, um, it felt like something new and something exciting that I got to experience and I played quite a bit of it. Um, but now it is, you know, it doesn't really evoke that emotion and it's not generally something that I think of playing. Um, although I probably would feel that way with like 
again, be able to experience that again of playing like the Fall of Rome or the Cthulhu version. And so that probably right. is something I should um, look more into. Um, but it, so it's tough for me to say because like at, at the start when I started, started playing this, it would have a really high score. Right now, it doesn't really have a, a high score. Um, so I, I think everybody's probably going to feel a little bit of that. There's there's a lot of replayability at first because of the way the deck works. The gameplay is completely different each time until you start figuring out the mechanics of the game, and then at that point, it doesn't feel as unique each time. It, but it's, it's just, also and another thing that's interesting about it, though is that like if I compare this to you know how how many times I played this game versus you know the, the the median board games I've played. Oh um, yeah. Which is probably I'm it's probably one replay for for the medium median board game. It's probably less than that, honestly, for most people. Well, no, you can't you couldn't be less than one. Yeah, On you can replay? quit you can quit mid game. Uh, I thought yeah, you meant re- replays, like you've played it. Replayed oh, it. oh, yeah. No, how many times you how many times you've played it? How many game? times you've played it? I mean, right. certainly it's less yeah. than one because I have lots of games on my shelf I've never played. <laughs> sure, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Anyways, I've compared to all that. the vast majority of games I've I've played it uh, many more times than most board games that I've played. I mean, to be fair, I hate this game and I've played it more than most of the games on my shelf. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a seven. The the safe safe seven. <laughs> I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give it a six. It is above average. I feel like even people who may not like it are at least willing to give it another shot because the design is so slick. Um but honestly it does feel like there's a tipping point. There's a point at which the the matrix is re- is revealed and you're like, Okay, I get it and it doesn't feel as fun after that. Um, and that's the point where you're like, okay, well, we're we're gonna not play that anymore. But truthfully, the the, the core mechanics with some twists, uh, and uh, as attested to the number of versions of this game, um, the Cthulhu, the Iberia, the the Fall of Rome, it works well if you give it a twist and you can play it again. The mechanics are just fine to go play it somewhere else. So clearly, if you look outside this game, this has a very high replayability um, as a genre. If we were talking about all the pandemics, but this one itself. Um, it's probably the least interesting of all of those because it's the introductory version. And truthfully, it does feel like there's a point where you're like, okay, well, we get it, you know. But that said, I've played this more than any other pandemic version except for Legacy. And I didn't, I didn't enjoy it the first, second, third, or fourth times. So, <laughs> but that's way, that's way more than any other game that, uh, yeah. you know, the, yeah. the average game in my closet. So that's why that's why I'm going to give it a six. It does feel like it has some good replayability, and I would, if anybody said this is what we want, I wouldn't hesitate to recommend it to them, even though it's not my cup of tea, because I feel like they would get more plays out of it than they would get out of the average board game. Right. Yeah. Right. So my uh, replayability score is heavily influenced by the fact that I would happily play this version of the game still with pretty much anybody, like. Because I have, I mean, I feel like I've introduced this game to lots of different people. I've had multiple people ask to play it. And, and you know what I mean? There are certain games that, like, frankly, Catan is an example of one that I'm just like, okay, yeah, if, we, if that's how we're going to spend two hours of our life, that's, I could, I'm up for that, right? But I don't <laughs> feel that way with Pandemic. I'm just like, oh, yeah, right. yeah, let's set this bad boy up. Like, you know here's a couple reminders on how things work. This is how we're going to lose. You know, this is the ways we're going to lose and let's get this done. Right. So for me, uh, Jay played it too safe. 
this is a nine on repeatability because it yeah. just it's <laughs> it still holds up in terms of like um yeah okay all right fun trevor i've never had an ounce of fun playing this game <laughs> like is it a one for you is it that bad no no because at the end of the day the mechanics are still good enough that you know um one of the most horrible feelings I've ever felt in playing this game was basically looking around the table and pleading the other people at the table to, to provide input and have them look me straight in the eyes and just say, you know, whatever you want to do. Oh, and, no. And and me basically being like, you know what? F this game. I'm done. I just, you know, I don't enjoy it enough. You guys were the ones that wanted to play it and no one wants to, and you guys all they wanted to win. So they wanted me to run the damn game. And I'm like, yes. you know what? This is this They're is not monsters. fun. Well, but there's a lot of people that that's, as Jay said, apparently that's, that's the their fun. Right. right. I just, I, I don't know. I, it doesn't, it doesn't evoke a story for me. It doesn't evoke, when it beats you down, it's merciless. Because generally, if you know the game, generally when the really bad beatdowns come, it's kind of random. Um, and, and when you win, it's also sometimes a little bit random. The things go your way. There's just very little about it that I enjoy, I guess. So, um, it has some of the biggest problems that I dislike in board games. Uh, it's just not for me. It's not fun. I, I would give it a, I would give it probably a three because I've played some really crappy board games out there. Just like really bad, you know, I mean, as far as, as far as quality board games go in the top 100, this would be my least. I would put this as the lowest fun for me, but in but if you expand it to the greater universe of games, I can I can pull out some really crappy games, and this is not those. <laughs> Josh, uh, wait, what did you give it, Jay? I can't, I, I can't. Oh, you can't swing without me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Um, Be reasonable. So I guess I I just really enjoy problem solving, I guess, and so uh, whatever uh, I'm. I'm again debating between an eight or nine. I, th- I think I'm going to go with a nine on this one. Solving uh, games. The funny thing is, I'm actually not going to swing as hard on this one, Jay. Uh, okay. I, and I think I think the the one thing on this is I have played it enough times that the bloom is off the rose a little. Sure. But it, but it's not off it as hard. Like that's what I did with Catan too. Like I feel like I overplayed Catan, right? Mm-hmm. And. Pandemic, I did that a little bit, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with with the safe seven on this one. Okay. Uh, so next we have overall. Overall. Um, I'll I'm gonna go with a nine on this one. Um, I just think that it is again a very ah my phone's going crazy. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with a nine. Okay. Um. I'm gonna go. I, I'm not going. Not quite that high, but I'm gonna go with the eight for the overall. I think the the economy of design, the you know, the amount of times you can play this and how quickly it can be played, all fantastic stuff. You guys are crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you for as highly as you guys rate this game, you would think you play it all the time, but I know neither of you do. How dare you? <laughs> how dare you bring reality to this grading <laughs> session, sir? Uh. I've already hated on it enough, so I don't really need to degrade, I guess. I just, I don't think that... I want a number! The people demand a number! Um, it's true. Less, it's definitely less than average. Um, 
I don't own this game. I would not waste a dime on this game. That is blowing uh, my mind. I have zero desire to play it. If somebody said, let's play Pandemic, I'd say no thanks. I'll do something else. Um, yeah, I two. It's just okay. not even it's not even on my radar. Audience, I do think that it's it can be a decent gateway game. Yeah, I mean, I, you can play this with a family with, you know, kids age eight and up pretty easily, I think. Yeah. Um, the tra- recommended age. Apparently is the audience is, what do we, I mean, what is, you know, what what group is Trevor? Because clearly it is not for whatever species Trevor falls in. But other than that. <laughs> uh, I believe he would say whoever, uh, he is the species of that, that likes fun games and is therefore <laughs> has an issue I with mean, this one. How about the self-aware alpha gamer? Like I, nice. fully, I fully not for admit, the self-aware alpha gamer. That is actually true. I fully <laughs> admit that I'm the alpha gamer. I fully admit I know that I want to win. I fully admit that if the if I'm playing a game of pandemic, uh, I have a I would have a hard time doing what Josh recommended earlier, which is give them the options and then shut up. I would not be able to do that. I There's no part of me that would be able to do that. If we sat down and we played, I'd give them all the options, and then I would, I would, there would be a point in my life where I'd be like, I can't stop myself, and then I would say, and this is the best option. <laughs> and and if you don't a- take this option, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't say that. Um, I would definitely, but at that point, I would hope that someone else would speak up and say, well, I don't agree that that's the best. Let's do this. And at that point, they would take over as the alpha gamer at the table, and I would watch them play. I, it's, just, it's just not really all that great. But anyway, I don't know. I, I think that um, there's certainly there's people out there that, that co-op games don't necessarily aren't their cup of tea. I will say this. I think everybody should give it a shot. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I think that everybody should try it. If if the same things that bug me bug you, then clearly it's not for you. And I ha- and But if you still want to give co-op games a try, send me a message, uh, preferably through um, Discord, because that way you'd have to subscribe. Um, but <laughs> whatever you want to do, send me a message, and I'll give you a dozen different re- um, co-op game recommendations. Because there's really, a bunch out there. It's an amazing Rorschach. Certainly, there are uh, there are other options that are that are also good co-op games that are different than this that don't have a similar alpha gamer problem. Um, so, okay, so I assume we have two goes and one no go. Uh, I'm still a go. Yeah, no way. Okay. Is, I, I had no idea that Trevor would be this hard of a no go. It delights me. <laughs> oh, this is this is like of of the games I hate. It's one of the most hated. I, I really dislike it, which is I, I know that everyone probably doesn't want to hear my vitriol on the legacy uh, bonus episode. Uh, spoiler alert: I have a very different opinion of the legacy version. Amazing. Uh, Subscribe so you can listen to the bonus episode. Yes. So you and I can talk about it later. I, I will. I'll give a little teaser. I guess it's not much of a teaser. It's kind of uh, spoiling things that right out the gate. But I think that. The two pandemic legacy seasons are probably the best board game experience I've ever had. Jehoshaphat. So that's a little teaser of our bonus episode. Stay tuned. You can can listen to that. Uh, Josh, 
do you have happen to have a dad joke for us before we go? Um, the funny thing is, I have so many windows open. Oh yeah, actually, well no, this is interesting. So they just finished the tennis courts at Ammon, and, and you know it's been pretty hard to stay fit in the in the pandemic. But to keep fit, I've taken up quiet tennis. It, oh really? It's like yeah, it's like regular tennis, but without the racket. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. Well, uh, thank you for your hard work as, as God Emperor of Ammon. I'm sure your uh, minions appreciate it. Yeah, it's going to be dicey this week. I bet. <laughs> Have fun with that. <laughs> All right. Okay, well, thank you, everyone, for listening, and subscribe to our Patreon.